0: So welcome to another episode of People With Purpose. Uh, today I'm joined by uh, Venita and Tom Greenwood, who are the founders of Whole Grain Digital. And they founded this business with a belief that a business can be a force for good. Uh, and they believe in the power of the web to create positive change. Uh, and they both uh, live and work in ways that are healthy and environmentally friendly uh, and are very focused on sustainable products, services and uh, relationships and that seems to be the fundamentals of the ethos of whole grain digital uh Venita and Tom welcome to the show thank you
1: thanks for having us
0: this is and this is a, a new experience for me because this is my first interview with two people at the same time so uh so- yeah well likewise it's new, <laughs> I ah, think well- it's a new- for us doing something like this
1: together normally normally tom does podcasts or i do a separate one but maybe yeah. it's tom so i'm not very good at public appearances so sorry about that well, no no no
0: you'll you'll be brilliant i'm sure you'll be brilliant i'm sure what i'll try and do is i'll try and direct questions to one or other of you uh but um but we'll see how we get on i'll probably not do that in the end but we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see so here's a question for both of you uh, at the same time and you can decide who answers it where are you calling from today
1: we're in the New Forest, um, just uh, a station off Brockenhurst. If you've been to Brockenhurst, cycling, running, uh, we're in Sway, and uh, we love it here. Uh, it's it's two hours into London, so we go a few times into London where our office is. So you know, we're very lucky to be here.
0: Excellent. And what 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 and what what led you to end up in the New Forest? What was it about it?
1: The direct train line to London, mm. being able to live by the sea having the forest at your doorstep and yeah.
2: just being wide open spaces wild animals what more do you want
0: yeah no i can relate to that i can relate to that that sounds that sounds very good So i'm in devon in the southwest and it's um, it's similar and i feel very blessed to have been able to live somewhere like that while we've had to stay at home stay at home you know for so long so yeah yeah mm-hmm. so what are you working on right now
1: Uh, There's a few interesting projects going on. Uh, One of them is with Enso Energy. They make solar panel developments, very large-scale developments, and um, it's a bit like selling houses. They create an amazing development and then sell it on, and then they move on to the next project. Um, We're also working with a sustainability consultancy called Aclaro Advisory, uh, who um, advise Sustainability for facilities such as large organizations, but they have to be physical buildings uh, whom they can uh, advise on water usage, energy usage and so on. But there's tons of other projects in progress like UNICEF, Oxfam converting their policy and practice to multi-language. And of course, new heat, the heat pump calculator, which we are, we are always excited about working with Liam and the team um, they, they always come up with great ideas
0: and uh, we love it we love new heat That's great yeah well you've um, you've really helped new heat and helped us with uh, yeah with our with our web presence and look and feel and the messaging and uh, and then you know turning yeah ideas into reality so uh, so thank you thank you for that So um, you. your um, your story then how did you end up uh, in, in, the whole, in, in the whole kind of digital web? Space. Where, where did that? Where did your story start, and, and how did you end up here? Yeah, and Tom, if you if you want to lead on that, that'd be great.
2: Yeah, sure. So, Vanita and I, neither of us started out in doing digital stuff. Um, I I studied product design when product design meant real things. Um, and <laughs> and Venita and Venita was an electronics engineer when I met her. Um, but I was really interested in sustainability and how we could design things to be more environmentally friendly and use less energy and produce less waste and so on Um, and then I got interested in digital stuff really just kind of on the side um, because it was I guess it was new and exciting um, in the early 2000s and and started to think well maybe this is actually more interesting than designing physical stuff in the sense that we could create things that are really useful for people and they don't have any environmental impact at all Um, and that kind of led us to well led me to want to Um, like pursue that direction and I met Vanita kind of
1: as a flatmate
2: yeah as a flatmate and said hey why don't we start why don't we start business together we can we can do this Um, and, and we started the business really with the aim of kind of trying to work with positive organizations helping them with their like digital communications as well as seeing if we could use our own business as a sort of experiment to see like what does it mean to run a sustainable business how Easy or difficult is that, and, um, and that was 15 years ago. So since then, it's, it's sort of been a, a constant evolution and, and learning as we go. Really. So
0: how have you found? And, and again, Tom, I'll let you answer this question. So how have, have you found uh, uh, work, working together with your with your with your partner I mean it's a really unfair question to get right in there straight away with but how, how have you Vanita's not really listening right now so so how have you? How have you found working with with your partner because business partnerships are, are important aren't they so having having that connection complementary skills all of that sort of stuff but you know you've got the domestic and the kind of work thing going on there so uh, so how's that?
2: yeah no it does it does work really well i mean I should say we we did we did start a business together before before we got married um so, so we'd sort of like done a little trial in advance <laughs> and so we knew we knew it could work um and yeah I think we we really complement each other well. I think the challenge for us is more like how do you switch off because Definitely. you're working together all the time and then you know, there's, there's no, it's not like you go home and then you're with other people who haven't been involved in your work during the day. So we end up spending a lot of time on evenings and weekends discussing business challenges that and and, and trying to stop each other from doing it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> still, 15 years later, we're still struggling with that one.
0: Yeah. E- even though you've moved to the forest to give you all that distraction. Yeah, I know.
2: We'll be out in the middle of like beautiful wilderness discussing some really that
0: deep, deep business problem yeah it's when you get into high tech and code that you know you need to stop talking about that and do something else instead I guess mm, mm, mm. yeah and vanita you agree
1: yeah I agree I think Tom Tom has this um, really wide lens perspective and still can drill down at the detail whereas I compliment the other way where I like to be in the detail And every now and then Tom pulls me out and wants me to look at the large perspective, which I'm capable of, but I like to stay in the detail, whereas Tom likes to stay high level. So we work quite well. So Tom is the why and I'll get, get it done. So how and getting it done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. And that that is, that is something that I find in in, in business because I'm not very good on detail so having having people around me who who love that stuff and eat that stuff for breakfast is uh, is essential because otherwise i'll be off making decisions based on the bigger picture and mm-hmm. and I've had to train myself a little bit to kind of get into the detail and find the detail interesting and and all of that and uh, and and I suppose when I immerse myself in it, I I do I do find it I do find it interesting and uh, yeah. because it's about solving problems, I suppose. So uh, so that 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 sense of partnership is is important, whether you're married to your business partner or not.
2: Yes,
1: yeah, that's true.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. So um, you've talked about business as a force for good. You're B Corp registered, aren't you? Or credited?
2: Yes, we are. Yes. So we got certified as a B Corp almost exactly five years ago. That's a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. ah, There it is.
0: Yeah. Perfect. There you go. So so anyone who ended up watching this on YouTube, Tom just uh, pointed his finger at the B Corp uh, trophy. So so fantastic. So um, B Corp, just tell us a bit about what that's all about.
2: Sure. So it's uh, it's a certification program for any type of business. Um, so any sector, any size. Um, but it's like a really rigorous um, framework framework for looking at like um, your environmental impact, your social impact, how you treat your staff, um, governance. Yeah, how how the business is governed, and and really trying to take a sort of holistic approach to reviewing whether or not businesses run in a responsible way and and it's and it's administered by a nonprofit so it's you know it's independently verified and and one of the great things about it which is also it's like, it's it's like its best and worst feature is the fact that it's really really hard um, <laughs> <laughs> so so on the one hand it's like a real pain to get certified and a lot of businesses and including ours you know when you first go at it find that it's a huge amount of work and and you actually struggle to get to sort of meet the the past mark, even if you're already trying to do things in a responsible way. Um, But the positive side of that is that it really pushes you and it makes you really think about things more deeply. And, you know, going back to what we were just saying about the detail, you know, I'm sort of a bit more big picture and looking at generally like are we running our business in a responsible way? But then when someone asks you really specific questions and starts drilling down, like, yeah, but how can you prove this? And like, you know, how have you measured this? And where's the evidence? And there's a documentation. Yeah. Then, then you think, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm going to need to, I need to get into this detail a bit more, which which I think is actually really helpful.
0: And is there a, uh, is there a business case for it as in a financial business case for it? I think it really depends on your
2: business. So, I think one of the one of the really good business cases is that it is just a good framework for actually learning about places where you could perhaps just make your business run better. Um, you know, if you look after your workers better, that's almost certainly going to come back and have a positive business impact. If you look after your customers better, the same. Um, you know, and then there's sort of brand uh, benefit for actually you know having a positive impact on communities and the environment and so on. So there's 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 potential benefits to just look at it as an opportunity to improve um but in terms of whether there's a like a direct benefit i think i think it really does depend on what industry you're in it's a lot of work to do um and and it's not one of these things where you're like magically going kind to of get like new clients or you know um new revenue streams from being certified so i think i think if yeah if you look at it as an improvement exercise um then I think it's worth it in many cases. But um, you've got to do it for the right reasons.
1: Yeah, we probably have just had one client a year come through the door for being a certified B Corp who wants to work with a certified B Corp. Um, we might have had more leads, but no more than one client that actually has signed up every year in the mm. last five yeah, years. Yeah, it's not- but that that's, doesn't stop us from feeling it's still a worthwhile framework to use to improve our business. And have the community around us who are sort of giving you tips and yes. leading, sort of leading you on to do the right thing.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The B Corp community. I mean, I, I'm always, I always cringe when I hear the word community used in sort of <laughs> these sorts of contexts because you know there's so many things these days called as communities and they're really not. But um, but I was I was pleasantly surprised when we got certified as B Corp that it suddenly opened up this world of. Um, People running businesses with a kind of similar mindset to us, but but often in different industries, and um, and how open they were about wanting to like help each other learn and improve, and and really just kind of open everything up and say, yeah, like have a look, you know, we'll show you how we show you show you how we do things. So yeah. that's been really good for us.
0: Yeah, and and I think uh, it, what's also interesting about it for me because I've I've looked at it, but but never taken the plunge. But uh, I've read the book, the handbook. And uh, yep. there's lots of useful guidance in there. I think for any uh, entrepreneur or any uh, person who's starting up a business and but looking to scale up, they need a, a vision. They need a purpose. They need a why to, to hang their lives if you like on to because it's a big big commitment as an entrepreneur to do that but then when you when you're looking to scale up actually what you need is you need systems you need processes you need that whole thing about 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 positioning and all those sorts of things otherwise it's just it's just um, it, well, organized chaos sometimes disorganized chaos in a business when you're trying to scale and and forcing those disciplines, if you like, with with a with a with a reason for it, actually is kind of what you need as an entrepreneur when you're when you're l- looking to do that sort of stuff. So um, I guess for me that that looks like a real huge benefit to it.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it. And I think having somebody else holding you accountable for that—that you like you've got to—you've got to do it—and you know you have to recertify every couple of years, so you have to then keep on top of that stuff. I think is really helpful. For us, it certainly helped us sort of grow up as a business
0: mm-hmm. and
2: get all of that stuff in place, so that we could actually run a more efficient operation and get a bit bigger.
0: And how do you find uh, your your people responding then to that? Because how, how many people have you got in the company now? 20 20ish
2: including yeah. us yes yeah.
0: mm-hmm. so how do you find uh, how do you find it as a kind of a a conversation start or or, or setting a frame for how you do things day to day
2: yeah it's interesting i think i think one of the things about the B Corp process is that it's quite it's quite in-depth and quite complicated so i think i think if you ask that, like a random person on team to tell you exactly what's in it, they'd say, I don't really know. <laughs> because you know, if you even ask me right now, I'd be like, well, it's sort of like some of this stuff, some of that stuff. Because questions. there's just too much to remember. Yeah. Um, but the but I think what it does is it provides this kind of lens that we're all clear in the general principle that we really want to make sure that we are creating the environment where we're really looking after our staff, that we are doing everything we can to have a positive or well, Impact on the environment and so on, and in all of these key areas. And so, in terms of team culture, it creates a sense that we're committed to doing these things, and everyone everyone knows that it's not just it's not just some throwaway comment. Like that, there's a real investment of of time and energy going into this, um, and that they can then bring ideas and and contribute to sort of initiatives that might might support that. Yeah. It's
1: the alignment of forces. Yeah. So everybody's aligned in the same direction, understands why we are here. And if tomorrow we decided not to certify again and say, 2023, our next certification, I don't think team would be worried about it. Uh, they haven't joined us because we are a certified B Corp. I think they just need to really understand and see proof of the mission and purpose and actually are we living it. Yeah. As long as everybody's living it, they still want to be here.
0: And I suppose in a way that also plays through in the kind of clients that you that you work with as well, and uh, and sometimes again a challenge for 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 a business, even if you are a purpose-driven business, is is uh, is distraction, and it's working with clients potentially who 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 might not be your ideal uh, client. So I guess maybe that certification and the focus for your lives and for your business gives you that focus. So maybe intuitively, you know, who's the right client for you and, and, and who may, may not be. Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
1: I agree with that. And we've got impact reporting as a part of the certification process to keep reporting your uh, social and environmental impact. And you have to give a client split of how many clients were not for profits, charities, purpose driven. And every year you're sort of, edging towards a larger number of clients that are purpose driven. And that, that comes from, again, the framework. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps you accountable.
0: Yeah. In, important. Important. Good, good. And so, uh, so are you, are you happy then with the decision that you made to go into business together all those years ago? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's given us a good life. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very
1: lucky.
0: Good. Excellent. Well, you make your own luck in life. So, uh, so, so well done you. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, um, so, so, uh, Vanita then, what, what do you see is the purpose of your, of your life?
1: As my personal life, um, oh, it's, it, it, it will sound very wishy-washy, but, um, to spread joy of living a healthy and environmentally conscious life. So I, I like to, I like to create an environment, whether that be for friends and family, for clients, for any relationship I have. I like to create an environment where they see that there's no sacrifice for living a good life, um, living in a plant-based, living plant-based diet or living in a house that has eco-friendly paints, or thinking about how are you going to drive? Is it electric? You know, all of these little things that contribute positively in your life. When you are a, you are a good promoter
2: in. of all of those
0: things. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, I like to um, embody all of those things and, and show how it brings joy and reduction of guilt. Because <laughs> we, if I'm here, there is going to be impact and there's going to be a negative impact. In total, there'll always be a negative impact. But... While you're here in your limited time, if you can influence and cause positive ripples, that that's what I want to do with my life.
0: Okay, and, and I don't think it sounds wishy-washy at all. You know, the joy joy from uh, sustainable living and 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 a living it and b spreading that message that sounds sounds the opposite of wishy-washy. So so yeah, <laughs> that in, in my view. And uh, so, um, when and how did you find that out?
1: When I was much, much younger, um, there there was very little conversation about climate change, uh, very little conversation about um, anything to do with the environmental impact of your actions. Um, Having said that, uh, I grew up in India, and the population growth has always been on the forefront. Uh, For example, at the end of every news, there's a counter on your screen that just keeps ticking, There's no narrative around it. It's not good or bad. It's just a counter. And every every day you see that counter, you think, wow, India is growing. And that means resources are going to be shared amongst these many people. And then there were water shortages. Um, I grew up in the 80s and 90s where we still had ration on food and uh, fuel. And it's just about realization that when the water shortages kicked in, I could see for the size of the population we had, well they're going to, they used to switch off drinking water at 12 o'clock in the, mo- in the afternoon and then you got got water again next morning. And it's one of those things that kept playing on my mind that human rights are being violated, clean, wa- clean water drinking, uh, clean drinking water not being available. All of these things were playing on my mind, but it wasn't until I came to the UK that it was something I could do about. It. Um, I think it's so overwhelmed with human rights issues in India that you don't actually look outside because they are more pressing. So it was a narrative on the back of my mind, but it's only when I came to the UK that I started as an electronics engineer. I started seeing the, seeing the electronics being thrown away easily, built in obsolescence and all of those things started really bothering me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Tom comes up with this idea of, let's do a sustainable business. I said, oh, tell me more. <laughs> I, I'm in. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah, it works. Um, so, that's how it came about.
0: Okay. And you coming uh, from India to the UK then, what, 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 what drove that decision?
1: I came here for education. So, I had finished my engineering in India, and then I came here for my master's. I went to Lancaster University to study satellite communication, which I finished and quickly realised I can't get a job in satellite communication because I'm Indian and they need a British passport for that. Okay. <laughs> so I
2: resolved to be a matter of national security. <laughs>
0: right? Yes, yes, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I resolved to being an electronics engineer for a couple of years and uh, just realised I'm not feeling passionate, passionately wanting to go to work every day. Hmm. Although the team was lovely where I worked, I just didn't feel... The love for it. And in the meantime, I'd met Tom, who was my flatmate, and we were having discussions about all these exciting things that we could do to increase impact. I think 2007, 2006 was this huge green surge. There were lots of eco businesses popping up. There were, yeah. And we genuinely wanted to help them communicate their message better. Yeah. And we thought they all looked far too hippie to appeal to a normal public audience. It just didn't. They didn't look like waitros. They looked like somebody had just drawn something on a sketch pad, and we just <laughs> wanted to just start really putting, um, putting effort into communication and
2: make sustainability mainstream.
1: That yeah, yeah. So that that's how it all started.
0: What was that, Tom? Sorry, what you just said then?
2: Make sustainability mainstream. Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. That's a that's a that's a strap line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good. Okay, so same question to you then, Tom. Uh, What what do you see as the purpose of your life?
2: I think on a really basic level, I I just want to be healthy and happy. Um, (laughs) But I also have always had this kind of fairly strong feeling that I I want – I want to feel that the world was better because I was here. <laughs> Simple as that. And I know that's not something that can ever be measured um, in like a tangible way, but um, I like to, you know, just feel like I'm trying to do things to somehow make sure that that's true.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and again, when and how did you discover that?
2: Um, it's hard to know, really. Uh, I think, I think certainly in terms of environmental issues, specifically, um, I know, I remember a day, you know, at, at school, when they were teaching us in geography about the greenhouse effect. And there was this page in the textbook. There were two pages. One page was telling us about global warming, and the greenhouse effect. And then the next page had two maps. And one map was like the world now. And the other map was like the world in 100 years. And it had like all the countries were smaller and changed shape because of sea level rise. And, and I was just horrified. I <laughs> well, this is like, why is no one talking about this? It's right here in the book, you know? Great, um, you yeah. <laughs> and that just stuck with me. And so I always kind of, since then, you know, really had it on my radar that we need to be looking at environmental issues and doing something about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, um, again, you know, being happy and healthy. Is uh, is again a good a good a good thing to what to want to be, isn't it? I mean, you know, and and the thing about purpose is is people quite often think, oh, I've got to have this, you know, outlandish kind of massive, uh, complicated intellectual kind of higher higher purpose. But actually, it can be driven through quite a quite a simple thought, or quite a <laughs> and, and in some ways, the, sim- the simpler the better, in a way, because it's then about understanding, okay. Well, what are your values, and and actually, what what drives that happiness for you? You know, what drives that healthy lifestyle for you? Um, so um, so you know, have you got values that you that you uh, that you that you follow if you like, or, or or that resonate with you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I guess I don't really think about them as like values as such, but I think I generally have a principle that I believe that like nature has all the answers. Um, <laughs> we, we just got to find them. Um, so that applies to like, you know, how do we live in an environmentally friendly way? How do we live in a healthy way? Like, how do we find happiness? Because at the end of the day, like we're all part of nature. Um, so I, I think that's probably kind of my core value. And then I, and I, and I guess another one would be just feeling like that all, all humans are inherently equal at a kind of, at a, at a basic level. And, and we should treat each other with respect and, and find ways of, find ways of doing that. Yeah. I guess those two things.
0: And you're both, uh, you're both plant-based diet people. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so how long have you been, um, uh, would you, would you call it vegan or do you call it plant-based? What do you call it?
2: Well, I, I try not to call it anything. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well they, they they do say, don't they, that you, you know someone's a vegan cause cause they tell you. So how do you <laughs> yeah, tell someone's exactly. a vegan? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm asking, no. I'm asking, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Ten
1: years.
2: I mean, yeah, so we've been I guess we've been vegan for ten years. So roughly. 2012. Yeah. It was a fuzzy start
1: yeah fuzzy yeah. start with lots of denial and uh frustration yeah. and not knowing replacement addition just sort of figuring it out
2: mm. yeah, so yeah. To go, to go. and 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 all the awkwardness around you know there's a kind of, there's a, yeah there's a social yeah. kind of awkwardness around having
1: awkward a, an awkward diet <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there was a lot to do so, with waiting it out until the world caught up and yeah, accepted it.
2: Definitely. And it does seem like, I mean, obviously it depends where in the world you are, but here in the UK, I think the world's changed massively in terms of um, acceptance of more vegetarian and vegan diets over the last 10 years.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And my, uh, my youngest daughter turned, turned vegan for a while. Uh, and then and then sort of came back to vegetarian now, now she's eating some meat again but she's tried it. it's quite hard actually for a younger person uh, to, to to do that when when um, yeah and I, I'm, it must that the diet must be okay uh, because you know naturally people in some parts of the world are, are vegan for their whole lives and and, and people survive uh, but um, but yeah it did it did did seem did seem quite a challenging thing for uh, she must have been 14 years old at the, at the time to, to, to do mm. everything is challenging
1: at 14 though <laughs> right <laughs> so I say it because it's true
0: right I'm, 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 I still find things quite challenging and I'm 49 so uh, <laughs> So yeah. So yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But you but you are right. Well, especially in, in, in this, this this day and age, I think I, I do feel for I do feel for, for people of, of of teenage years, because there's so much immediacy, so much pressure, um, yeah. and then there's been a lot of isolation as well, a time when really you're learning how to how to relate with others. It's uh it's yeah. it's a really challenging time.
2: Definitely. Yeah.
0: So tell us about relationships then. So uh so Vanita, you're you're you look after your clients as a primary.
1: Yeah, that's my job.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, uh, and uh, do a very good job of looking after new heat. So thank you. Um, so, uh, so, 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 um, relationships and purpose. Then, how do those two things hang together for you?
1: Um, creating positive relationships um, means that people will be more open to listening to your purpose and having a purpose creates positive relationships because people relate to you. so it's it's almost like a circle where people want to know why you are where you are so that it, essentially in every moment of your life you're building a tribe around you and your tribe is based on your values, your actions um, are you walking the walk um, and and the relationships element comes in, um at, at work, through team, through clients, and I'm just really lucky to have that be in that uh, intersection mm. to be able to talk to everybody. I just love people and I like all sorts of people as in the people who don't agree with me people because that's my biggest opportunity to learn what have I got wrong and how the rest of the world thinks. so, I've digressed, but my purpose of purpose in life is to sort of bring people around and think about a different perspective, while me learning a new perspective. That that's where that's where I feel purpose and relationships meet.
0: Yeah, and uh, no, I, I don't think you were digressing. I, I think I think that's that that you're sort of hitting several nails on the head. I mean, because. Because we we have we have a view, don't we? We have our own values, we have our own thought processes, and uh, but but then there's an environment, and that environment that we're in, it, uh, people, other people are a big part of that because we're a sort of a social species, us us human beings. So uh, so yeah, so hearing those different perspectives, you don't have to agree with everything that somebody else says, uh, but it's important to be open enough to be challenged by other people's thoughts and beliefs because it is that that is how you learn that is how you evolve and uh, and it, it has either the effect of confirming what you already believed or perhaps changing your thinking a little bit and that's got to be good surely
1: yeah absolutely
0: and uh, and what, what's your what's your role then tom because you're 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 the md what what does what, yep. what does that mean <laughs> that's I, a I, trick question well I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 a, I'm an MD as well I'm just trying to work it out so uh, could, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: everything that nobody else wants yeah. to do you know, I'm, the, I'm the asterisk of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean a lot of my job is um, a lot of my job is is both kind of setting the general direction for the company in terms of what we're about what Products and services we want to offer now and in the future, what that means in terms of the structure of the team and what you know skills and and we need and what size we should be and how that relates to revenue and um, as well as marketing. We don't have a marketing team. You know, we're a small business, so a lot of a lot of our marketing is is me um, <laughs> going around the, sort of Advocacy. yeah, sort of advocating
0: for what we're doing and, and and telling people about it. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, cause as, as MD, you are, you know, you, you are the leader and, uh, and yeah, marketing, selling, lots of interesting conversations ar- ar- around that and, and feeling comfortable actually marketing and selling your, your beliefs it is kind of what selling is, is all about. And without sales, you don't have a business, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, do you do most of the selling as well as a the marketing then, or is, has you got some? Well,
2: no, the sale. <laughs> so, I, I just tell the world about what we're doing okay. with great enthusiasm, okay. and, <laughs> and hope that somehow that translates into people starting conversations about potential projects and so on. Um, and then I hand them over to Venita or Gary, um, and they're much better at actually doing the more detailed work of. Figuring out exactly what the client needs, and you know, problem solving, putting there. that into a, a solution yeah. that they can that they can get on board with.
0: But that's the dream, though, for lots of lots of businesses who are either starting or scaling up is not having to to chase customers, but, ha- mm. but having customers come come to you because because they know that you can help them, and and so if if, if you've if you've created that, how how have you done that? Because because uh, that's magic.
2: Yeah. Trial and error. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it comes back to just being really um, honest about what we're about and our, um and having those sort of that clear purpose from very early on. So we've never really done any advertising or anything. Um, and I, and I'll admit the first few years of our business were very hard. <laughs> <laughs> we had very few clients and very little money because we weren't really. Like
1: shouting about yeah, it.
2: there was really no way of us getting any because um but once we gradually started to like get the word out, you know, like I started a company blog where I was talking about the things that we were trying to do and what and the projects we were working on and started doing some talks at events and this sort of thing, and gradually it kind of snowballed that we got a reputation for being good at what we do and, and caring about our clients and that just sort of
0: snowballed. And, and, and here we are, and it seems to have worked out all right in the end. <laughs> well, that's what? good. Well, it's not, it's not the end yet, hopefully. So, uh, oh, no. so, so yeah, steady on, uh, but yeah, so that's, so that's, that's, that's good. But I mean, I suppose the quest that begs the question, if you did a bit, if you did a bit more marketing and advertising, um, I suppose one way of asking the question is how much bigger could you be? I suppose the other the other part of the question is how many more people would you be able to help? Mm.
2: It's a great question. And one that we have regularly is that there's there's definitely potential for hovering to be a lot bigger than it is. Um, and I'm, I'm quite prepared to put my hands up and say I have held it back. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I've held it back partly... Um, well, largely from a kind of a team culture perspective that I really love. Basically, I want Holgrain to be a place where I want to work. Um, and that means having really close relationships with everybody and feeling like we really just want to a be a tight-knit team who yeah. enjoy doing what we do. And, uh, and I do have this fear that like, there's, there must be a limit to how big we can get and still retain that. And, I have to, and, and, and I've thought that limit was much lower than it than, <laughs> in the past. And every now and then we like creep past my limit and I'm like, oh, still okay. <laughs> so, you know, so I, I'm a bit more open-minded now that maybe the limit's higher than I, higher than I imagine. Um, but that's kind of, for me, that's a key limiting factor, because I agree with you that actually if whole grain was a lot bigger, um, we could, you know, positively impact a lot more organisations and a lot more people, um, and that would be a really good thing. Um, so it's always a question of, you know, how how much should we push that? Mm,
0: mm. Yeah, but I think for for, for a business, uh, you know, knowing knowing where you are, having some clarity around that, and and what kind of reach you feel comfortable with, because there's almost a sense sometimes of. I just want to be a lifestyle business and just want to sustain my own lifestyle. And then the other side of it, I will conquer the world, you know, and, 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 and all of that. So you've got those two extremes. It's about finding, uh, you know, a, a sweet spot that's right for you. There's no right or wrong answer in a way. The only wrong thing is to, is to chase something because you feel that you should. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a grand plan then, or has there ever been a grand plan?
2: I think there's never really been a grand plan.
0: No, just
1: spreading the good message has always been our plan. Maximizing impact is true. is has been a part of our plan right from the beginning, but not at the cost of losing personal relationships with mm. our clients. And you can only really care about a certain number of people. Yeah. If you try to care about too many people, you spread yourself too thinly and the people who actually trusted you to care about them, you lose them. Yeah. So although there's this opportunity to make a much bigger uh, impact, um, we do that through advocacy. So we our website, Carbon Calculator, the methodology, we share it openly, make things open source, any best practice frameworks that we come up with. We actually are quite happy to open it up so that other agencies can use it.
2: And I think that is the grand plan in a way. The grand plan is that we we, we get so good at what we do and tell everybody all about it <laughs> that they all want to copy us. <laughs> and we change the world kind of indirectly by other people sort of follow, following our lead um, with that ripple effect. Yeah, that's, that's the grand plan. We're like a small pebble
0: dropped in a small pond yeah yeah that's 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 great and and there's a lot of talk these days as well about especially in the digital space about collaboration being the new competition so everyone gets to grow or increase their impact uh as a result of collaborating with others
1: yeah yes
0: okay cool well maybe you're leading from the front then in, in a new way that's brilliant
1: yeah, we're very lucky to have nice partner agencies that we can work with, perhaps in print area, in search engine optimization area, in PR. There's lots of people we know who do it really, really well. So we don't mind just you know relying on them rather than trying to grow our own skill set. It's easier to go to the experts and say, to our clients, hey, work with so and so; they're good at what they do. Yeah, definitely. And that that has meant that we can, we have throttled our growth, but then I have been able to maintain the personal relationships and actually create that partner network with. Um, so Gary, Tom, and I work on creating the partner network and I recommend only the people who mm. we really
2: trust. Yeah, people who are mm, very good. at working. Care about the same things that we care about, but have you know different different set of skills.
0: Okay. Brilliant. That's very helpful. And um, something that I, I get asked quite a lot by people when I'm talking about purpose, which I only do occasionally, uh, is, um, is is people say, okay, so what, what, what do people do when they feel like they've got a purpose, but they get knocked off course? How do you, you know, what sort of things knock you off course or cloud that vision? And how do you uh, deal with that? Have you got any thoughts on that? I think
2: there's a couple of things that have been challenging over the years. One, like money is easy to knock you off course, either because you're you're struggling and then you feel like you just need to kind of grab onto any source of revenue that you can. Um, to be salary. Or that you just get a really good offer for something <laughs> that, that is completely not aligned with what you're about. But, but you know, you get dollar signs in your eyes and you're like, oh, that is rather tempting. Um, so, so that's one thing that could knock us off course um, and I think probably knock anyone off of course and the other thing is um, what was the other thing
1: you said two things and they were the same (laughs) (laughs)
0: sorry
2: (laughs) (laughs) there were two things Um, we're very good getting really good at something that's not specifically a part of your purpose so for example we specialize in WordPress design and development um, and there was a period Probably six years ago, where yeah, six or seven years ago, where we'd got such a strong reputation for just being really good on a technical level at WordPress design and development that we were getting tons of inquiries for projects that were completely misaligned. Um, because
1: we're good at WordPress, because so we're, we're good at that, and that
2: became our reputation. Yeah. And so it, beca- and so we sort of drifted for a while into this direction of where we were just a generic web design agency that was really good at WordPress. And then there was a point where we sort of said to each other, look, well, look at these projects. Like,
1: I don't want to put this them is, in my post. This is not now. why we
2: started the company. Like, we Why are we doing all these projects? Um, yeah. So I think, you know, just something to be careful of is, is if you, if you do have a success in a good, you know, it's a good thing, but that success is not actually exactly on target with what you set out to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. At New Heat, we have a uh, a, a quarterly review of uh, so we, we we use the twelve week year as a model. I don't know if you've ever read the twelve week year, but it's quite a quite, quite a good good book. Uh, which uh, which it it. Uh, it, it helps and, and well, it, what it says is if you, if you, if you see a year as just 12 weeks rather than 12 months you get that kind of sense of urgency and excitement pushing towards the end of a year but you get to review things and anyway so but so that, that basically'll we'll put, we'll put the details that in the show notes so if people want to read that then yeah. then they can but um, but the, the the point of what I was trying to say is that every three months we review our purpose. we review our values uh, we review so we don't just review our business plan. We review the why the why we're here and the how we're going to go about doing it uh, because that then plays then into the conversation that we have then about okay so what are our priorities for the next yeah. three months so that's something that we do to to help keep us on track as a as, as a business um do you have any sort of uh tips for people from that point of view to 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 keep you on on track
2: I think I mean a similar thing that I mean, we don't have the, the the cadence that you've got in terms of that regularity, which I think is a really great idea. Um, the thing we did last year was we got the whole team together to in a workshop session to actually like work out what they wanted the company to be, um, and that that resulted in two things. It resulted in like a company manifesto, which is sort of like a summary of like this is this is the vision, a shared vision for the company, and then when we're making key decisions throughout the year. We'll refer back to it and say, well, will this decision help us to get to a company that sounds like that? In 2031. <laughs> you know, if, if yes, great, let's make this decision. If no, then, you know, maybe it's not right for us. Um, and then the other part that came out of that workshop was just some kind of practical, like tangible things that people wanted. And then we've got a kind of a, cutting list of, a to-do list of things to gradually chip away at um, as we move forwards.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. And, and people's input, they've all, everyone's got something to offer, haven't they? And, uh, yeah. and, the importance of everyone, you know, being heard, but, but obviously, you know, feeling like they've been heard, I think is, uh, is, is, is key when you're, you know, when you're working with a team and, 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 uh, everyone wants to feel like they're making a contribution towards you fulfilling your purpose as a business. That that's really vital. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, I've got some, uh, I've got some quick fire questions for you, if that's okay. Uh, so, uh, so, so Tom, what's your favorite album and why?
2: You, you've asked the wrong person because I, I, I'm like, I'm lyric deaf.
0: Okay. Um. All right, rewind, rewind. Uh, Benito, what's your favorite album and why?
1: I like um, Tom and I both like on yeah. who's was a Belgian singer She's pretty amazing. There's a Netflix documentary about her if you're interested in her. Mm-hmm. And um her recent album. Um I don't know the name of it, but it's really good. Angel. So,
0: Angèle, and she's Belgian.
1: Yes. Okay. She's spelled as Angel, isn't she? With an in, on the with
0: end. End. Okay. Right. I've actually written that down and it'll be in the show notes. Um, I love music. So I'm always looking for new ideas, you see. So uh so yeah, so that, that's really helpful okay then right so Tom yeah you might know the answer to this one Uh, um, what would be your perfect weekend
2: my perfect weekend would be a day like today where the sun's shining just milling around the house with nothing that needs doing just don't have to look at a clock doesn't matter just like fiddle about in the garden read a book If I'm, you know, I find on those days, you know, if I'm hungry, get some food, but I I can go for hours and not realise I'm hungry because I'm not looking at the clock and yeah, I just love it. Just not doing very much.
0: Okay. So it Um, sounds like a perfect weekend then is when Benita's away for the weekend. Is that, is that right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'll be going yeah, running, yeah. park running, I'll go swimming in the sea, then I'll go climbing and I might feed some friends, yeah. cook for them, and then I'll come back and check on Tom who's lying <laughs> in bed.
2: Oh, I feel, exhausted. I feel exhausted thinking about it. That.
0: That's brilliant. <laughs> yes. that That is great. I love that. And uh, so and so running then, so you both do a bit of running, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Okay,
1: we love park runs, yeah. uh, the Saturday morning routine.
0: Yeah, we've got really into the park runs. Yeah, mm.
2: sort of it's fun. Saturday morning 5k with a big group of people,
1: mm. and then a breakfast at the end with friends. Yeah. I, that's what I go for, really. Mm. Uh, but the run gives you permission to eat a little cake first thing in the morning after the run.
0: Can't <laughs> argue with that, can you? And do you wear running shoes, Vanita?
1: No, I run in lunas. Lunas are. Uh, these running sandals that Tarahomara tribe wear. Um, so I do run in lunas most of the time, most through the year, other than summer, when I don't wear shoes at all. And um, just to keep my fingers crossed that when I'm running in the forest, there's no ghosts in my feet. <laughs> but, yeah, so I run barefoot as well. Okay. As, well as Tom does, I suppose.
0: Sure. Well, the, the only reason I asked you that question directly is because I've seen on your on your profile on your website, and Tom's Tom declares his love for barefoot running, but you're silent. <laughs> you're silent on the subject, so I thought I would just clarify if you if you both did that. I mean, I've tried it, but um, but yeah, no, I I, I do like a sort of a low. We're going to get into technical detail, which no one's going to be interested in, but I quite I like a low a low heel to, heel to toe drop, maybe yeah. two three two three mil. But uh, but barefoot, yeah, I've never. I've never never got into that maybe I should try it yeah
2: well a good transition is the vivo barefoot shoes which sort of they look like normal trainers but they've got no drop mm. and they're really been sold you know?
1: mm. yeah most of my shoes are vivo barefoots mm.
0: yeah okay well there's a there's a recommendation we'll have to get them as a sponsor for the people with purpose podcast.
1: <laughs> they're so that but- <laughs>
0: so, again sorry
1: they're also a certified
0: B-Corp. Oh, well, there you go. Well, in that case, they're already doing enough good in the world without sponsoring this show, so that's fair enough. We'll let them off. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good. So, um, so, Vanita, another question for you then. What did your nine-year-old self love to do?
1: Um, lots of things. Play, meet people, uh, eat good food, play more. I spent most of my time in the evenings Um playing outdoors uh we had the weather for it in india so that helps uh but yeah lots of catching up with friends yeah i'm i'm a people person
0: okay and tom how about you I
2: was the exact opposite. I would, <laughs> I, I would have been indoors on my own, making an Airfix model of something, t- Technic Lego or something like that.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So they go see opposites attract. Then, by the say, by the looks of it, it seems yeah. the old adage hangs true. That's great. Okay, so uh, Tom, you've already told us what makes you lose track of time. That's basically not doing anything. How uh, about how about how about you, you Anita?
1: Oh, mine sound, mine's gonna sound even more boring, but it's it's very exciting for me. When a brief comes through the door, I spend hours reading through it and really working out the problems and how we're gonna solve it. But keeping the pro- solutions to myself because this team's supposed to come up with solutions and battling with what goes in the proposal. And I just spend. I forget what time it is. I spend too much time creating proposals and trying to give my best. I think I, I really do lose track of time this doing is that. This true.
0: If
2: Anita's disappeared, I know that a brief has come in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's very, very handy to love your work. That's very good. And then yeah. is, is there any such thing as a stupid question, Tom?
2: No, I think we don't ask enough questions. I think we should question everything, even the things that are... Feel obvious. Even the things that feel obvious, sometimes you can learn something,
0: something new.
1: Yeah. Just by questioning it. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and you both seem to agree on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we found something. There you go. It's taken us about forty-five minutes. We found something. That's good. No, you are very aligned. I'm only joking. Um, And then, um, and Vanita, what makes you cry with laughter?
1: Uh, I I laugh quite easily, but the uh, what's that comedian's name? Michael McIntyre makes me laugh a lot. And Tom, you make me laugh a lot as well. Sorry, <laughs> that's how I should have started. <laughs> I, I do like a good stand-up comedy. Um and just um French television. I, I quite find French. But that's more of your thing. You got me into it.
2: I love, I love French comedy. It's I like can't speak farce. French, but but I love I love a good farce and I feel like French do the they're the best at it. I mean,
1: yeah, The yeah. Dinner of dinner for Idiots was what got me into it. Yeah. La Con. It's
2: quite old now. It's probably about 20 years old, but it's the funniest it's, film ever made. I mean, it's.
1: Yeah.
2: So, do you know what? I think I'd, the French name is La Dinner des Con Yeah. I'm
1: saying it all wrong.
2: But, yeah. I'm, sure. I'm sure it'll be on one of these streaming services somewhere.
0: Yeah. And I, do you know what? You, you just reminded me of that film. And and you're right. It is, it is brilliant. It's brilliant. I'd forgot, completely forgotten about that. Fantastic. Okay, good. Well, look, there you go. Something else to go in the show notes. Uh, so um, that's great. So a um, couple of closing questions now then, if that's okay. So, uh, and you can take it in turns on this one. Uh, who, who who inspires you the most and why?
2: Um, I'm going to say a guy, a guy we know in Germany who runs a, he runs a guest house in the Black Forest and he's called
1: Haussoner.
2: called, he's called, called he's called Christian Lepert. And He's just a fascinating guy who, he's just, you'd have to meet him to understand. But basically the thing about like (laughs) asking interesting questions, I mean, he, he's just a guy with 101 absolutely mind boggling life stories about how he, he runs life experiments. So whenever he's really curious about something, he'd like, Listen. he runs an experience so for example one of them he'd been to hawaii at some point and he had met some islanders at the ferry port where he was waiting to catch a ferry to another island and he was chatting to them and he realized that none of them had ever left the island and he couldn't understand it and he thought this is ridiculous don't you guys like the other islands only just over there like what do you mean you've never been i've been and i'm german and <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> but they didn't seem bothered at all, and they seemed completely happy with their lives. So he thought so there's something, something funny going on. So he decided that he would try and see what it was like to live on an island. But he lives in the Black Forest on top of a mountain, so that's slightly problematic. Um, so what he did instead was he made a map, and it's beautiful. He's, he's got it on his wall. The made, plywood. Yeah, he made it out of wood, and it's beautifully made on his wall. This map of if sea levels rose by a thousand meters he would be on an island <laughs> and this is the map of the island. And he spent an entire year just living on, he never, he never left the island and he said it was the happiest year of his life. Wow. He, he only stopped living
0: on the island because his wife,
2: his, his, his wife and his family were not very happy about
0: this experiment. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You need those relationships. You need them. So, so, so what's his name and what's his guest house again? Uh,
2: he's called Christian and his, his guest house is called Haus Sonne um, in German, so H-A-U-S-S-O-N-N-E. And it's in the in the Black Forest and it's well worth a visit. Um, Belken. yeah it's on the
1: Belken, uh, which is the tallest mountain in the Black Forest. Yeah. And it's just halfway up the mountain. So you get the up and the down. It's just beautiful over there. Mm. And they don't have a television. You get community eating. Um, it, it's just a very nice place. If you want to detox properly, digital detox, mm. they've, got it. Yeah. they've got it.
0: Fantastic. Well, I never thought we'd get a holiday recommendation from this show, but they, <laughs> we've just got one. That's great. Thanks. We're breaking so many new boundaries today. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and Vanita, um, how about you? Who inspires you the most and why?
1: Uh Safiya Mini springs to my mind. She runs People Tree. Uh, it's a fair trade, uh, organic clothing brand. And the reason I feel she has, uh, she is somebody I look up to is because she's fighting with this whole fashion industry and trying to do something that works within the skill sets of her workers rather than creating something that's on trend. So she goes to India and Bangladesh and all of these countries to find out what is a team capable of. And based on that and what materials available in, in the best form and reverse engineers, all of the designs with her team. And I think that takes real dedication. And she she I came across her a long time ago, but she's also a part of a documentary called The True Cost. And The True Cost, again, it's on Netflix if you wanted to watch it. Um, the True Cost explains so much about what's going on in the fashion industry and it, it's one of those films you it, you can't be ignorant once you've watched it so yeah safia mini is quite high up on my list
0: okay brilliant thank you um what's the most important lesson in business and in life that you've that you've learned benita
1: oh commit after you've really understood what you're getting into <laughs> it sounds oh, that's a good it one. Sounds, um, <laughs> And that applies to so many things. Um, there's some real failures that we've faced and realized the reason that was a failure is because we didn't evaluate enough. So everything that we do now has a evaluation criteria. It sounds like an overkill, but if you don't, if there's a client who doesn't want to pay the deposit before you start work, that's an evaluation criteria. If there's a project that somebody's asking funding for but hasn't given you the plans, details that's an evaluation criteria so it's it's really understanding what you're getting into and then committing to it not saying yes because you like the sound of it um, and and saying no is is actually quite powerful at that stage so because that's a because every yes you give today is like a credit note for the future so understanding that mm. um, evaluation criteria and matching it to your values gives you an opportunity to do something good in the future
0: well that's really good advice thank you <laughs> I must remember that <laughs> that's brilliant and, and and Tom how about you uh, I, th-
2: I think one of the one of the lessons I, I've learned is that humans are infinitely complex <laughs> um, and, 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 and 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 therefore you shouldn't assume that You've got, a, you've got an idea and it sounds simple on paper and it will work. Like it's the humans are the things that will complicate it. And actually, you need to understand them in order to really see whether technical solutions and other such things actually are appropriate in the real world. Yeah, yeah. technical solutions
1: are easy to solve. Yeah. It's people. Yeah. Complicated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, again... That's really, that's really, that's really helpful as well. Every new product, uh, in idea, hold it up against that mirror, definitely, because, uh, yeah, yeah, what looks like a great idea on paper can quite often, but but it's not what they want. It's not what they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Good. Okay. So then, uh, last last question then. Uh, what advice would you give uh, to someone who wants to find and follow their purpose? I would
2: say stop looking outside
0: look inside it's an inside job and i say just that it's an inside job just yeah brilliant <laughs> and vanita how about you
1: get your trainers on just do it, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't faff around I'll get your sandals just on, just, get do get sandals on. <laughs> get
0: yeah. just do it yeah brilliant Great, okay. Well, look, you've been amazing. It's been so so wonderful uh talking to you and listening to you and you've got such a lot of insight. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that uh w- with me and, and w- with 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 our, with our listeners. Um how can people find out more about you, uh, get in touch with you if they want to find out more about you and, and maybe uh, want to work with you? Oh, brilliant. Uh w
1: h o l e as in the bread. <laughs> Wholegrainedigital.com would be uh, the easiest way to just find everything about us, all of our positive actions, but also our Twitter handle is uh, eat wholegrain. And uh, so is our Facebook and LinkedIn and so on. So you'll find us online. As an online business, we we have optimized our website for Wholegrain. Yeah, if you
2: can't find us online, <laughs> we'll then, be in trouble. D- then we don't deserve to no. <laughs> <No, that'll> be found.
0: No, that There you go. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, It's been, like I say, brilliant. Uh, So, uh, so yeah, really, really grateful. And uh, and I can't wait to hear what people think because because there's so many pearls of wisdom. So, uh, so yeah. So, thank you so much, Tom and Venita Greenwood. Great.
2: Thanks.
0: Thank you. Awesome. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: I got to know what Tom thinks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and while you're in the same room as well, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah, 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 exactly. Excellent. That is great. Was there anything that we should have said that we we could have said that you wanted to say that we didn't cover?
1: I think the bit that I, I feel like you um, paused in the not paused, but didn't finish the story. I feel like you talked about carbon emissions no carbon emissions of the internet that was your belief right at the beginning but you didn't go on to say how you learned about it and oh, you did yeah. something about it true true but wow. that's that's a small uh story only in my head nobody else knows about it so they won't miss it <laughs> no
0: that's often the way though isn't it so so you think you've got something in mind that you want to say and in a way that's why um you know send, sending sending the questions in advance sometimes is 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 a good thing sometimes is a bad thing but because sometimes if you just ask a question, you give a kind of a, you, you you haven't thought about the answer. So you, you actually say what you really think, if you know what I mean, or, or, or you know, it just comes, comes from within you, um, oh, yeah. as you, as you say, as you say. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, so yeah, so like I said, I'm toying with the idea of, of, of only sending questions to people when, when, um, when they ask for them, um, mm. in, yeah. in, in future, maybe leave it a little bit less scripted, but, but I thought I thought it was great. I think the message came across really well. It was quite interesting. Was yeah. that I, I interviewed uh, Johnny Ball, and uh, so he's yeah. out he's out on the on the on the podcast now, and he, he's he's said some quite contrarian things about renewables and alternative energy and all those sorts of things. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. I I I think he's um, he, yeah. I mean, well, you'll have to be able to have a listen to it if if you want to see, see what he says, yeah. but um. But yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting the different views and he's he's from what you he said, he's uh he's just concerned that our energy policy and and all of that is 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 taking us um perhaps in, in a in a in a possibly but well, in, in the wrong direction, he's what what he says. But I think he thinks that we're going there too quickly. Right. Room between the lines. But you know, when when you're when you're facing uh, you know, the increases in, in temperatures and, and all that that we are, then then is there any such thing as too quickly, I suppose is the other yeah. part of it. But
2: I mean I guess the alternative would have been to start earlier and do it some more slowly. <laughs> well yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean in a way that's part of what he said. He said in in the eighties, I think it was, he was involved in a um a uh, um, a project to work out how to scrub CO two out of emissions from from power stations. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't do it then because it would have put 10% on the cost of energy bills. And, uh, you know, you, and, and he said, look at what, look at what's happening now. You, you know, you, you, you grab someone's, um, arm, arm arm grab someone's arm off. Is that the phrase? Anyway, you would, you would take it, you grab it with both hands, wouldn't you? A 10% increase yeah. compared to the 50 plus percent increases we're seeing uh-huh. now. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I still think renewables is the right way to go. But.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> mm. I agree. Yeah. I will listen to his episode. Um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always interested in hearing kind of
0: alternative perspectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and, and bits of what you said were quite funny. If you like dad jokes, particularly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I obviously do because I laugh really loudly. I, uh, I laugh really loudly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know the traditional kind of you get these dad jokes, but don't you? And uh, I reckon Johnny Ball wrote most of those by the sounds of some of the jokes <laughs> that he told. But uh, but yeah, it's it's all of an era, but, um, but no, I found him really funny. So uh, so yeah, there you go. Anyway, you, you like I say, you've been brilliant.
1: Thank you. Thank I'd you. love to yeah. ask you all of those questions as well. Every question you asked us, I was like, oh, what do you think? Well, I'm not
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well we can we can do that if you like. Uh, so um so yeah, but we we, we we when you start when when you next do a podcast episode, let me know. I'll happily come on.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <we will>.
0: Excellent. <laughs>
1: yeah, thank you
0: no but um, you can you can ask me those questions start a podcast, <laughs> hey, start a podcast then give me a call yeah and then you can you can you can ask me those questions definitely I'd, I'd be very happy to answer them
2: so
1: what's your favorite
0: album oh see that's the worst question in the world that is <laughs> that, that that question is an absolute killer it's um it's uh i've got quite i've got a few so one is um okay computer by radiohead Another is uh, songs from Northern Britain by a band called Teenage Fan Club. Who, okay. So who, who, who are a great, great band. And then um, it is, um, I, can't remember what it, I can't remember what it's actually called. That's terrible, isn't it? It's, it's an album by a band called Ride, uh, which, uh, which has got the song Vapor Trail on it. And that's a real, um, I think it's, I think I might be called Vapor Trail. And it's a, that's a, no it's not it's called nowhere the album's called nowhere and and right so Ride were a band that i was really into in the late 80s early early 90s and uh and, and yeah so that that's a real time in my life and it's sort of um guitar driven uh, music uh, but also um songs in the key of life by Stevie Wonder again that's an amazing album uh,
2: stevie wonder's great
0: yeah. yeah yeah and as was our um was our first dance at our wedding, me and my wife Penny. So, um, wow. so yeah. So that, that wow. I love that album, and yeah. also this one.
1: Oh, you've got vinyls.
0: You see it? It's um, yeah. it's it's Flying Dream One by Elbow, and it's the latest album. I love our I love album. It's in cellophane because um, cause I'm I'm keeping it special because it's signed, <laughs> it, it's it's signed by it. the band. It's signed by the band. I've got quite oh, okay. a lot of vinyl up there. I used to be a DJ, so um, wow, yeah, I did a bit, of, did a bit, of, did a bit of DJing when I was, yeah, ninety, well, mid nineties to mid mid to late noughties. I was I was a yeah. DJ, so I'm quite I'm quite into music. So like I said, mu- that's why I asked the question about music because music's a big passion of mine, and I love that. So brilliant there you go so, so i, so I, I, I answered the question by giving you about seven albums so sorry about that i no, but that's
1: how it is isn't it yeah. like you're also in the in the mood when you were saying that i was thinking oh yeah my favorite album is bohemian rhapsody by queen <laughs> i did i said that but it didn't even occur to me to yeah. say that because i was in the mood in my head to think of on jazz. what's in
0: your head right now yeah yeah yeah.
1: Your mood and what you want to listen to at that time of the day. So it's really hard.
0: Mm. Yeah. To, um, and there's a great documentary. I can't remember what the documentary was called, but it had, uh, it was out in, again in the, probably in the late, probably in the early 90s, it was out. And it talked about the importance of pop music in people's lives and again for a time of their lives and have people like the Pet Shop Boys on it Neil Tamp from the Pet Shop Boys and people like that talking about how significant pop music is so no matter what age or generation you are that music at that point in your life and they also say your your life's theme song is, is the song that was number one on your 18th birthday
1: <laughs> ooh I should go and check
0: yeah yeah mine's teeny Weenie Itsy Bitsy Yellow Polka Dot Bikini Brilliant.
1: Yeah. I'd have
0: to go and check the Indian top charts. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, well I, I used to be in a, a bangra band for a while as well. I used to I used to play um yeah, I used to play in a bangra band. I went I went to school in Bristol uh, and uh, it in a city school and there were quite a lot of uh uh first yeah first generation um uh, you know, so their parents had come over, and 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 they were a uh, British-born uh, in, Indians and, and Pakistanis as well. In my school, I was in the ethnic minority, being white. It was amazing. It was amazing because there was and also energy. the yeah, the, exactly yeah. And bhangra is just incredible. And I love I love all, all, um, a lot of the um, uh, the 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 body the Bollywood uh, style, style movies and stuff as well. So yeah, love love all that. Love all that. But I also nice. like I also like reggae. I also like uh, Southeast Asian music. I'm just a bit of a tart when it comes to music, I think that's kind of where I am. So uh, so yeah. But um it's it's amazing seeing all the different influences, isn't it? And and how yes. music kind of evolves and when you see, you know, fusions, that's how innovation comes into music, I think in a lot of ways as you see these different kind of styles colliding and then that creates something that's kind of a bit of both, but sounds completely new. So, uh, and I do love that.
1: If you like South Indian, South Asian music, um, th- there's this composer called A.R. Rehman.
0: Right.
1: Uh, a, a I don't know what his real name, as in first name is, but it's, their initials are A and then R. And then Rehman is R-E-H-M-A-N. Mm-hmm. And he's got these deep sounds, which, which sort of, Merged ancient sounds with modern music. Well, modern from the nineties when I was growing up. But mm. he has this real uh, unique sounds, which which I think shaped quite a lot of my interest in music. Oh, okay, and it's quite unique sounds. Was it compared- almost
0: was it almost like gamelan type style music, where the with the like almost like they're, they're sort of small small gongs or. That, that that kind of chimes sort of sound or is it like that?
1: Uh, uh, there was a bit of that as well, but mm. every song feels unique. Okay. And that's so special about him that it's not a genre of songs. It's, it is a bit like Queen where ah, okay. you've got so much variation, but coming from the same person. Right. And that's why I think he's quite influential mm. in the way Indian music changed mm. in those years when I was growing up.
0: Excellent. No, I'll, I'll look him up. I have got loads of things to look up. Trouble is, I'm, I'm, I'm collecting quite a lot of things to look up. From uh, so I, I love talking to people. About, you must get the same thing, uh, Vinita, with your love of people. You, you sort of, you sort of. Well, I must look that up, and, and the list gets longer and longer and longer of things. Yeah, so I can't, I can't talk. I can't cook. I can't work this year. I've got to look up all this stuff and kind of get up to date with all these things. But, uh, but yeah, there's a great book I have read recently called uh, called Four Thousand Weeks which uh, which is basically a kind of a, a book about time management. But it has all the sort of theories of time management are kind of orientated around you, enabling you to do more in less time, when actually it sh- it's just about doing, time management should be about doing the right things in the amount of time that you've got, because 4,000 weeks equates to about 80 years, and that's about a lifetime so um so actually trying to do everything trying to listen to everything trying to read everything actually is to your detriment rather than to your benefit and People who want to travel the world and see everywhere, well, the chances of you doing that with any quality are kind of very, very, very small. So, who's to say that's any better than being an absolute expert in a kind of a well on an island, you know, and 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 it being yeah, yeah. kind of a you know, yeah. but be, but knowing every single blade of grass of of that of that island, you know, and and the quality of life that you get from that, um, you know, potentially is is uh, is is higher than you get you know, desperately trying to read and listen to and, and find everything. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, I need to remember the lessons of that book perhaps.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Lovely. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks for, th- thanks for your time. And thanks for doing such a great job for new heat. Uh, I've, I've not had the okay. opportunity to, and i say so, but you're definitely making a difference for us. So. Really appreciate that. Thank you. All of our
2: team love working on, on the new project.
1: Yeah. Honestly, the, the trust that Liam, Stacey, and Christian have put in us, we're so grateful because we can genuinely feel like every day we work on that project, it feels like a collaborative effort mm-hmm. rather than suppliers, which we are. Yeah. But it feels like we're a part of your team. And I love that. I love that about the relationship that they have the
0: team has fostered with us. Mm. Thank you. No, well, that's great. Well, that's good because that's what it's all about, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Fantastic. And if there's anything I can do to, to help in any way, anytime, then just, just let me know.
1: I really Thank, Thank you. you. Brilliant. Take Thank care. you.
0: Great to see you both. Bye. Take care. See Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like, and subscribe and give us a five-star review. uh, Tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.